Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and this is our new moon forecast, and the new moon is taking place on March 2nd, 2022, around 11.32 a.m. Central Standard Time. So before we get started, as usual, I want to remind you all that I study the Vedic sidereal system of astrology. This means the astronomical precise placement of the planets at any given moment in time. If you'd like to learn more about the difference between Western and Vedic astrology, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on media, and then astrology now. I have an embedded podcast there talking about the difference between Western and Vedic astrology. If your curiosity is further piqued and you'd like to calculate your Vedic birth chart, go to my website, click on offerings, and then chart to calculate your birth chart. So moving forward into our new moon forecast, first of all, I just want to say that things are intense. Let's like recap. Let's talk about things because on the previous podcasts, we had spoken about how this combination of Mars and Venus, things are going to go back and forth. Mars is war and irritability and anger. Venus is diplomacy, love, and harmony. These planets are continuing to have a planetary war until April. This means a lot of back and forth. And I mean, I've even seen things on the internet like memes and gifts making fun of or bringing light to, I should say, because it's it's not a funny thing, but people are, you know, making it comical because a lot of the time news is tolerable when it's comical, you know. Um but people are creating things where it's talking about things in the media and how things keep on going back and forth and we don't know what's going to happen. It's like things are flip-flopping daily. This is the energy of Mars and Venus, okay? This is that push-pull we see between the irritability, aggression, and threats and then, you know, kind of taking it back, contemplating, not necessarily taking action. We will continue to see this type of energy again into April because of this planetary war between Mars and Venus. I also want to say that we are seeing a stellium in Capricorn. On my Patreon account, I do individual horoscopes for each of the 12 zodiac signs every week. And this week we were talking about the stellium in Capricorn and how it is going to impact us all individually different, but globally it's going to impact the economy, it's going to impact the government, government structures, leaders are going to be under pressure. There is a lot of intensity that's building. Capricorn is the sign of government structures and currency and economy. So we're seeing pressure, we're going to see shift, and we'll continue to talk about leadership and why leadership is going to be under pressure and things like this. Um, the other thing I want to say about this Mars and Venus combination is that it can certainly bring about passion. And passion can be a really exciting, fun thing. <laughs> but it can also be a really, like, um, excitable, irritable thing. You know, like passion. When we say passion, it could be somebody who's feeling passionate about their art or passionate about their partner or, you know, passionate about their mission. But someone can also be passionate about an argument or passionate about aggression. You know, passion can lead us to do all sorts of things. It's heightened emotion. And I think that when I think of the word passion, I think about 
we're, you know, all of us are going to have a different opinion on this. For me, when I think about passion, I think about losing steady mind. We get knocked off our senses. Does that make sense? Because the path of mindfulness, the path of meditation, the path of yoga, the path of spirituality is learning how to rein in our senses and to stay stable, stay in a space of equanimity, not getting too high, not getting too low, staying in the zero point of neutrality. So passion knocks us off of that kilter. And again, it's not always a bad thing. Like we shouldn't be devoid of passion, especially if we're not trying to be monks or rishis or whatever. (laughs) But we need to be mindful that when we are experiencing heightened passion, which all of us are prone to feeling right now with this planetary energy, we may be prone to acting off impulse or acting um, without necessarily rationalizing. And I think that this is going to be a little bit easier in the sign of Capricorn because Capricorn is an earth sign and Capricorn is incredibly pragmatic. It's incredibly stable. It's incredibly steadfast. And so this energy is going to help support us in being reminded of the long-term impact of things, being reminded of how important the choices that we're making in this moment are. You know, some signs like Aries, right? Aries doesn't think too much about the future. It's the here and now. What is it feeling now? What does it need to do? I love Aries, by the way. This isn't <laughs> this isn't a bad thing. But Capricorn is like, hold on just a second. Let me think about this. Let's think about the long-term outcome. And so with that being said, with this interesting dichotomy of energy, because Mars is exalted in Capricorn, it's with Venus. This is fiery. This is passionate. This is getting carried away by emotionality. And then Capricorn is steady and steadfast and thinking about the long-term outcome. We may feel a push-pull in this way. There may be something in our life where it feels really good in this moment and it feels right and it you know feels appropriate. But in the back of our head, maybe we're like, "Mm, is this something that I want in the long term? It could be a job. You know, maybe a job is working for now, but it's not necessarily something that you want long term. Maybe you're seeing somebody. It's working for now. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of energy. Is it something that you want long term in your life? Is that something that you can see? So this is the type of energy that is going to get cultivated. Could even be a house. You know, you're house hunting. There's a house. It's super cute. It has whatever. But is that truly what you want to live in for the next 10 years? Same thing with a vehicle. Um, Like I said, jobs, whatever, roles. So there may be something in your life that you're finding this push-pull with. But it's a wonderful opportunity to enjoy the moment, to enjoy our lives as they are now, And also stay rooted to the reality of what is going to be best for us in the long term and not negotiating that, not negotiating the welfare of our future for something that is fleeting right here, right now, that may just be something of passion or something of excitement. Because when this transit is over, it may not feel super exciting and elating, right? So prioritizing, turning awareness to, focusing on the things that are going to bring long-lasting stability, long-lasting happiness, and long-lasting like functionality, depending on what it is, into our lives. 
it's a it's really a lot to contemplate you know especially with something like a job or like a relationship or you know where you're living it's it can be a lot but if we don't question these things and if we aren't honest with ourselves about these things we can kind of like get in this phase of lying to ourselves or numbing ourselves turning a blind eye not acknowledging you know sometimes I think that that happens a lot like just using relationships as an example it's like there's this relationship that we know is not what we want in the long term but it's working right now and you know whatever we think about it and as soon as we start thinking about it a little bit too much it's like "Eh, no I don't want to think about it anymore I'm just going to focus on something else I'll think about it later I'll think about it tomorrow this energy in Capricorn is like wanting us to be real wanting us to be practical and a lot of the time there is passion and practicality and there can be excitement in something that brings us stability and security (laughs) you know um, it's not really demonstrated on the media it's not something you're going to see in a movie or whatever but um, that's the beauty of Capricorn and that's the beauty of the transit that we're having is it's finding the excitement it's finding the allure and it's becoming passionate for the things that hold our lives together as well so there are a lot of things to contemplate with this, but um, sometimes, you know, in our lives, we may have something that brings us so much security and so much, you know, reassurance. And because it's not exciting or passionate, we may lose appreciation for it. So be thinking about that too, because we can't just remove things from our life or lose appreciation for things just because they're not constantly exciting or whatever because that excitement and that passion it's not necessarily stable right so I mean I'm biased I'm a super like practical (laughs) great lover of Capricorn person so it's easy for me to say all of this take it for what you will Um, these are my musings on Mars and Venus in Capricorn so that's been what that's what has been going on astrologically of course we are still in kala sarpa yoga of course that's time serpent yoga so a lot of karmic matters are coming to the surface and today we are going to be discussing specifically the new moon on march 22nd 2022 around 11:32 a.m and so according to the vedic sidereal system of astrology this new moon is taking place in the sidereal sign of aquarius And Aquarius is all about revolution, thinking outside of the box, being eclectic, being forward thinking, having a broad view of the world. Some of the most interesting, eclectic, rebellious, revolutionary, forward thinking visionaries that I've met in my life have been Aquarius. And I say that truthfully Aquarius is just one of these really interesting signs and again they are going to go to the beat of their own drum have that in the back of your mind so as usual we want to look at the sign but then we want to look at the nakshatra and so for this new moon the nakshatra is going to be Shadabisha some say Shadabishak Shadabisha Shadabishak And this is a really beautiful nakshatra. This nakshatra, if we were looking in the sky with a telescope and we were to find 
Shadabisha Nakshatra. It's going to be the area with the most amount of stars. Shadabisha has more stars in its lunar mansion than any other nakshatra. So that's very special. And it's known as the hundred healers. There is this connection to healing, to community, to leaning on each other for support. And it is in the sign of the water bearer in Aquarius. You know, Aquarius is the water bearer. And so there is this strong connection to water. And that is because the deity of Shadabisha is Varuna. And Varuna is heavily associated with the ocean and with water, which is going to be prominent here in a moment. But the other thing I want to say about Varuna is that he is, first of all, the ruler of the sky realm. And he's an upholder of cosmic and moral law. And he shares that responsibility with other uh, gods as well. But upholder of cosmic and moral law. That's interesting. <laughs> and so this nakshatra, again, it has this really moral element to it. And being associated with water, again, it can be connected to the oceans, it can be connected to intuition, but it can also be associated to alcoholism and to intoxication. So that's important to keep in mind. One of the symbols for Shadabisha is a circle, which is like an empty hole within it. We're going to talk about what that could signify for us. But really, the main things associated with Shadabisha are going to be healing um, very psychologically intelligent, emotionally intelligent, very deep, very sensitive, very spiritual. And, you know, there is this darker element to Shadabisha. It is ruled by Rahu. And Rahu is intoxication. It is illusion. It is deception. It is things of this material realm, you know, Maya, so to speak. And so, Shadabisha, it can go into this other direction of numbing out of, of intoxicants and things like that. So on a global level, I'm pulling up the chart really quick. On a global level, this new moon again is taking place in Shadabisha. There may be something significant that comes up with water. There may be something with water that comes to the surface. It could be something natural that happens with water, like tons of rain or a flood. It could be matters involving water. So Shadabisha can definitely do that. And globally, the sun is going to be conjoined the moon because that's what a new moon is. It's when the moon and the sun are conjoined. Jupiter is also going to be in Aquarius with Neptune. With this combined energy, with the combined energy of the sun, Jupiter, Neptune, the moon, this is going to put pressure on world leaders because world leaders are the sun. And Jupiter is the teacher, is the guru. So both of these planets have this connection to leadership and to influence. And so leaders around the world are going to be struggling to figure out what is right. Like I was talking about with Shadabisha, it's connected to moral and cosmic law. 
This is what is so fascinating because we are in this time where there is conflict and there is heat and there is confusion and world leaders are trying to figure out how to best handle certain situations. And this is a cosmic order. What we are experiencing right now is a byproduct of the cosmic storm that we're witnessing of this Kalasarpa Yoga, of this stellium in Capricorn. You know, the nodes are about to transition. I will also say this new moon is in the midpoint between Rahu and Ketu, right? So Aquarius is in between Rahu and Ketu, um, which brings up intensity, which brings up karmic matters to the surface. And Aquarius, as I was mentioning, it's about cosmic and it's about moral law. Things are being revealed to us so that we can see the reality of things. We can see the systems that haven't been working. We can see areas that need improvement. Anything that's been corrupt is coming to the surface. Anything that hasn't been fair is coming to the surface. And Aquarius is very revolutionary. It can be very rebellious. We may see people continue to take action. Okay. And again, I don't want to be, I try never to be too specific on here, but if you've been watching the news, there have been great demonstrations by people uh, for power. And then world leaders have had to come in and, and do what they think is best in that moment. So we're seeing this division. Um, I don't even know if division is the right word. We're seeing both parties <laughs> between like government forces and then external human forces, civilian forces calling out what they believe to be true, what they believe to be morally correct. And again, I'm not necessarily saying it's like, who of us knows what true morality is? And me and my friend Kaylee had a long talk about this. We looked up different like ethical um, ways of approaching ethics. And so it's like even people who are professionals in ethic matters will argue about what is ethical and what is moral. And we're seeing that. And so again, I think that this new moon is going to bring these ethical and moral dilemmas to the forefront. I think it will continue to bring pushback. I think it will continue to bring rebellion amongst people. And I certainly believe that world leaders are going to be um, working to exert their influence and exert their power. And I do think that these issues of morality are going to be coming to the surface. I mean, it's already been happening, you know, with this energy in Aquarius. We've had this energy in Aquarius. We've had this energy in Shadabisha. It's been coming to the surface. I think it will continue to peak towards the new moon. And so that is on the global level. And for us personally, I want to first remind ourselves that the symbol is a circle. And I think about it as protection. I think about the 100 healers, of course, as protection and of community, of leaning on other people, of asking for support, asking for help. And in our own personal lives, I think it's such a profound time to ask ourselves what we need to heal. And I was really thinking about this. And this is one of the most interesting paradoxes of being wounded of being hurt 
is that oftentimes whenever we experience a wound, it could be a wound with money mindset, relationships, how we view our career. When we have a wounded perspective, we tend to uphold that perspective with our choices and with our actions and even with our energy. And so what do I mean by that? If we are raised in a household where we do not think that we deserve to be heard, if every single time we share our opinion, we're humiliated, we're shamed, we're invalidated, we grow to no longer share our opinion, no longer share how we feel. We feel stupid. We feel silly trying to do those things. And we gravitate towards people who reinforce that belief. We gravitate towards partners and even friends who invalidate us, who make us not feel like our opinion matters or our feelings matter because it's something that we think is familiar and it's something that isn't going to challenge our reality. When we start healing ourselves, and we start seeing that the way that we were treated, the way that we were raised was dysfunctional. It was hurtful. It was unfair. It was painful. You know, it was not appropriate. We start learning how to share our feelings. We start learning how to share our thoughts and our opinions. And then we start only accepting partners and friends who can hold that space for us. The healing starts within and then we curate our external reality to reinforce it. It's the same thing with money mindset. You know, we're raised thinking that we're always going to be poor or we're always going to be stuck in this loop. We're never going to get the job that we want. And first of all, I just want to say there are 100% like societal issues at play here as well. So I just want to throw that out there. There are absolutely 100% systematic issues at hand beyond mindset. Um, and mindset can play a part as well. Because I have seen this where people, you know, they have it in their mind that they're always going to be in this specific realm of finances. And then they get offered a job that is awesome and pays more money. And it's a huge leap and things are going to change. But they got offered this better job that will move them into a different, you know, economic standing. And then they don't want to take the job. They get afraid. They, in their paradigm, it's like breaking the reality that they've built for themselves. It's challenging their narrative for themselves. And so sometimes staying in our own narrative can be more comfortable than growth, but we're actually keeping ourselves in that wounded space. When we expand beyond that and we heal that part of ourselves, and we trust ourselves, and we believe that we deserve this and we have faith that it's going to work in our favor, things start to expand and things start to grow. And so again, when we are wounded, if we're not actively working to heal our wounds within ourselves, we will likely, not 100% of the time, but a lot of the time, we will likely curate a life that keeps us in that wounded space because we don't know any better. And it's comfortable there and it's familiar. And we may not even know it's possible for there to be a different way. We may think that's the reality. We may truly believe that that is the only thing we deserve. 
And because our belief is that deep, we don't even know how to begin to change it. And so this is an amazing opportunity because this is a new moon and a new moon is a time of setting seeds of intention. Right. And nothing can change overnight. The stuff that I'm talking about is stuff that takes like months or years to change and fully integrate. But again, it's an intention. It's time to set the intention and to look at what areas of life are we keeping ourselves confined because of our own belief system, our own paradigm, our own wounded thoughts. It could be around our ability to heal physically. It could be around our relationships. It could be around finances. It could be around job. It could be around kids. It could be around house. Like whatever it is in your life that is coming up for you right now as we're having this discussion. First and foremost, I want to validate so many people listen to this podcast and I don't know what's going on for you individually. So I want to say that there are external factors that can be at play that have nothing to do with you or your choices or your mindset. So I don't want to leave any of you feeling invalidated because that happens. But for the areas of life that we do have control over and that we can change and we can work to heal, what is it that we're keeping ourselves back from? I have a lot of them. (laughs) I have a lot of built up beliefs around things that I have this narrative that things are just going to be that way. Because I don't know, maybe I was raised a certain way, I developed a certain belief, whatever. And why does it need to be that way? You know, why can't it be different? And, you know, what steps do I need to take to change that? Um, Because this is what healing is. Healing, so much of healing is simply how we perceive what we're capable of and how we perceive what our future can look like. Not getting stuck in this box of what we think our future is supposed to be, our life is supposed to be, we are supposed to be, what we're worth, what we're capable of. And that's what Aquarius is all about. Aquarius does not allow the boxes to confine them. And so take this for what it's worth. You know, spend some time, sit down, ask yourself some questions. What is an area of life that you feel confined? What is confining you? Is it a real thing? Is it a material element of, you know, something external that you have no control over? Or is it something that you 100% have control over? Rather it be something that you change habitually, or rather it be changing perspective? And what can you do to start healing that? What is that going to feel like? What is it going to bring into your life? What is it going to change? And that is when we draw that circle of protection around ourselves <laughs> because we are no longer allowing the voices of our past because wounds are not spontaneous. You know, wounds and narratives and these parts of ourselves that we construct, they're not spontaneous things that just happen to us. It's something someone's told us. It's been a voice of a parent or a caretaker. It's been a voice of a partner. It's been a painful experience. It's been an experience of loss or trauma. 
there was something that happened that shifted that perspective. And so what do we need to do to free ourselves and heal ourselves from that experience or from those voices or from those projections so that we can create that sphere of protection and sphere of healing around ourselves so that we are no longer a subject of somebody else's thoughts. I think it's going to be powerful. I think it's a super powerful, monumental opportunity. I think that the final thing I'll say in regards to this full moon is to notice when we are lying to ourselves, right? Because what started this entire conversation was that wounds keep us curating a life of woundedness. And when we begin to heal, we begin learning how to curate a life of healing. And so is there an area where you're lying to yourself? You're not being honest with yourself. You're too afraid to look at it. Nothing needs to change. It's just prompting the curiosity. So that is what I have for this new moon in Shadabisha. I hope that it served you well. So other astrological ongoings, as I mentioned, we're still in Kalasarpa. This is our final new moon until Rahu and Ketu move into Aries and Libra. And someone asked me a really important question. They said that some astrologers are saying Rahu and Ketu are going to move in April. Some are saying in March. So in Vedic astrology, there are two ways of calculating the nodes. There's the true node system, and then there's the mean node system. And there are wonderful astrologers that will use both. You know what I mean? I mean, like there are some there are some amazing astrologers that use true node. There are some amazing astrologers that use mean node. There's about a degree of difference. So it's not that much of a difference. But I want you all to know that that's why some astrologers are saying March, some are saying April. So this is our last <laughs> new moon, if you're following the true node system. So let this be special. And also focus on what you can control because this, you know, this time, this period of time of Shadabisha, it's bringing these moral dilemmas to the surface. It's bringing cosmic matters to the surface. What is happening right now is going to change the trajectory of where we're going. And something I had mentioned before, I think it was in Liz Roberta's podcast. It may have been my friend Whitney's podcast. It hasn't posted yet. May have been in my podcast. I'm not sure. But I was saying, I was like, I don't think that in 2022, we're going to be paying as much attention to COVID. I think that we're going to be paying more attention to other matters. And I think that those matters are coming to the surface now. I think that we are going to be focusing on much different areas and I think it's going to be areas of intensity. I certainly think that this year is going to bring intensity, but I think it is going to shift our attention away from the pandemic and it's going to shift it towards um, these other matters, these really, really big matters. So this is what Kala Sarpa does. Events that occur in Kala Sarpa Yoga set up the trajectory of what's to come. So... This is a really uh, monumental time and it is happening due to cosmic matters as the cosmos churn, 
events occur. And if all of us were paying attention to the astrology, we may be able to sit back and be like, "Mm, let's hold off. (laughs) Let's take some time to make a decision. Let's check in. Let's talk about our feelings. Let's compare our charts. Let's see, whatever. If we were all studying astrology, things would be completely different. But we're not all studying astrology. We're not all walking a spiritual path. And so these energies are going to sweep people away and they're going to influence the world. And so events are going to occur. A domino is going to get flipped over and is going to set into sequence a series of events because this is how the cosmic churning works. So we cannot get too swept up. You know, this doesn't mean not to help. This doesn't mean not to serve. This doesn't mean not to stand up for something that we totally believe in, what your heart is invested in. That's what life is all about. But when it comes to our sanity and when it comes to our groundedness, we have to stay connected to the fact that at the end of the day, what we have most control over is our own personal actions, how we choose to operate, who we choose to influence. So try to stay grounded in that. Heal yourself. Heal ourselves. I'm totally still healing every day. Focusing on healing ourselves so that everyone we come into contact with has a space where they can also be influenced to heal, you know, holding space for one another. Um, And that, you know, we have direct control over that. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that this gave you something to consider. Um, One more thing. I'm so sorry. I keep on forgetting things. We all may feel inclined to want to numb out around this time because Neptune is involved. So, and Shadabisha is related to alcoholism and intoxicants and things like this. So we definitely want to be mindful. If you're feeling tempted to overindulge or to numb out, see what happens if you take a break from social media, lay on the floor for five minutes, read a book, call a loved one, take a walk, you know, do something that is truly nourishing and nurturing and helpful for yourself. And Let's just all be extra cautious around this new moon. You know, this new moon is ruled by Rahu. Rahu is in Kritika. So there may be uh, there may be some intensity, as I was mentioning. So let's all be safe. I'll take care. And I will talk to you all very soon. If you want to schedule a reading with me, you can schedule at innerknowing.yoga. You can also join Patreon, where I do weekly horoscopes for each of the 12 signs. It's patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. My Instagram is astrologynow underscore podcast. And I think that that's it. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.